Welcome to Just Saying, a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Saying podcast. My name is Allison Gardner. Hello, Allison Gardner. Oh, my goodness. I, I let you get your whole you name out. You said that you were not going to interrupt me. I let you me. get your whole name out <laughs> before I interrupted you. But I'm supposed to introduce you. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> you just hi. introduce yourself. Hi, Allison. Hi. I'm Pastor Terry. Mm-hmm. Who are you? <laughs> Still trying to figure that out, actually. His oh, existential crisis. <laughs> He's a magician. Mm. I'm waiting for the Lord to reveal it oh, to me. Oh, man. There you go. He always has a good answer. <laughs> My name's Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Staten. Staten. Ty, Ty. And I'm just happy to be here. Good. <laughs> I'm happy you're happy to be here. He is our technician. He, he's the one that makes us sound so good. Yep. Mm. He's very talented. He do it. He do it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, how you been? I've been doing good. How how's, are you? How's your first, what, couple of months now of school? No, month? just almost a month. Yeah. And, it's and been all right. When do you find how out? Was your, how was your second, fourth week? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Y'all need to listen to the previous episode to get that one. Yeah. Where you been? <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm going to try not to just, you know, take up a bunch of time at the beginning of the podcast with a bunch of frivolous nothing. It's kind of what? our thing, though. That, the playful banter, it's a yeah. part of the charm. Okay, don't you then. Think? <laughs> okay, then I will. I will. I think some people like it, and they can yeah. skip through if they right. don't. Right. And, you know? and Tyler, how how are you doing? I know that you're going through a big uh, life change Ooh, yeah. with, with a new yeah. home and Thanks. selling the old to, home. and Trying to sell a home and buy a home. I don't recommend it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> if you can sell one, sell it first and live somewhere temporarily before you buy your new home. It's kind of like yeah. a job. Don't leave man. one until you got exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, man... Do you yeah. want to put a, a spiel in I've, to sell your house? Yeah. Well, actually, we, we, we've already got it sold. We're just finalizing oh, the paperwork oh. and things like that, appraisals and, and all that fun stuff. But um, I recently discovered that I have high blood pressure. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a direct correlation. And when did you find that out? <laughs> just recently. Trying to give blood, right? Trying to give blood, yeah. I was trying oh. to donate blood. They would not take it. Yeah. They said, They said, um, we don't take that blood that's got high pressure on yeah, it. Yeah, we don't want to be the cause and the reason that you stroke out today. Wow. So, right. yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. you know, my quick story okay. is that a couple years ago, my blood pressure went up a little bit. The, the nurse practitioner's like, we want to put you on some meds. I'm like, no, I don't think I want that. Go back to next year. It's up just a little bit more. And at that point, I actually called my brother, Ronnie, who is in the room with us today, but he's not going to talk. <laughs> uh, and I said, Ronnie, they, you know, blood pressure's up and they want to put me on meds. And he's like... Dude, I've been on blood pressure medicine since I was 35. <laughs> and I, I am I am 35. So. <laughs> there you go. And so then I called my daughter Holly, who is in the medical field, and uh, I said, I don't think I want to take the meds. And she goes, Well, go ahead and stroke out then. <laughs> I said, Okay, Holly, maybe I'll take the meds then. So high blood pressure. Well, that's where I'm at. And here's the funny thing, and then we can obviously move on. <laughs> Called today to make a doctor's appointment and I cannot be seen until October 27th. Oh, well, you better hope lovely. your blood pressure doesn't right? go up. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, thanks for giving me another reason for my blood pressure to, to be up. But wow. consistently, my blood pressure has been around 140 over 100. Yikes. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's why I'm like, should I look for a different doctor? Maybe? <laughs> yeah. Get yourself in there or quicker. Should I give them those numbers and then maybe they'll be like, oh. okay, yeah, we better get you in High quicker. priority list. So, <laughs> wow. Well, something to so, pray yeah. about. That's yeah. for yes. sure. There Definitely. you go. 
all seriousness something to yes put up. yes for sure for yeah. sure well um welcome back guys uh we are here doing episode three of season four already woot, woot. Yep. my parents were talking to me about it the other day they were, were like well my dad was like you're on what season three now i was like no we're on season four. Oh yeah Hello. where you, where you <laughs> been yeah exactly <laughs> and uh you know it's been a ride it has been. It certainly yeah. has. And uh, let me just a quick shame, shameless plug. Uh, our new website, TSWC.org, has all the seasons on there now. Wow. All of them. You can scroll awesome. through and pick one. Awesome, so awesome. That's really good. Yeah. Easy way to find it. Right. TSWC, as in Tri-State Worship Center, dot org. Yeah. If you don't have the uh, way to listen on your phone or your podcast app. Go to the website. Yep. There you go. Right there yep. it is. Perfect. It is. All right. Well, fellas, this season we've been chatting, just light conversations, just you chatting. know, just Nothing like too heavy. No, yeah. of course not. Uh, <laughs> sense the sarcasm, but uh, this season we've wow. been talking about uh, <laughs> called you out. <laughs> <laughs> We've done that every week, I think. Yeah, like I just think so. made just joke about play it, it. Yeah. downplay it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this season we've been talking about cultural issues. Um We've covered the pandemic. We have covered the church and government. And today we are covering racism. Bum, bum, bum. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Don't even have to put in a sound effect. You no, guys just provide it right there. There's no sense in wasting a perfectly nah. good sound effect. Natural. <laughs> Not sound when effect. we got them, yeah. We <laughs> yeah, got them. we got them right here. All natural. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. What's our, you know, repeat the mission statement for the podcast, PT? What well, we're, we're looking at things through the lens of Scripture. That's what mm-hmm. we do. Yeah. That's how we do it. That's and, how we do uh, So some of the answers may not rest well with some uh, people that are listening, and we understand that. We're not here to offend anybody. We're not here to, to be harsh uh, with anybody. But we are, we are giving these answers through the lens of Scripture. And again, in the racism area there there's plenty of scripture mm-hmm. uh, that we can deal with but in some of the other cultural issues that we have dealt with while there may not be direct issues or direct scriptures about the issues hopefully the the scriptures have informed our answers mm-hmm. and so uh, but but today I don't think we'll we'll have any problem using scripture yeah definitely it's pretty clear yeah, in my opinion I think so too yeah um, but this past year uh, has been quite the whirlwind Man. with this issue. I mean, oh, it's always been there since the beginning of time, obviously, since sin entered into the world. Right. But uh, I think just this past year, we saw it come to the forefront in everyone's minds. Uh, and we really had to reevaluate our opinions on it, mm-hmm. right? Before mm-hmm. before this year, maybe some people were able to not think about it or think about it in a different way. But now... Times have changed. Yeah, you can't get away from it. Yeah. So um, first, PT, I want to talk about what you did here at Tri-State Worship Center okay. this past year in regards to this issue, because you did something that you've never done before. Right. Um, special classes on Wednesday nights. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that. Well, what we did is we uh, had a little thing we called the conversation. And um, normally on Wednesday nights, we just have all of our classes and and uh, teachers teach from different curriculum. But we decided to address the, the racism issue. And I had with me on the platform my wife, along with Larry and Stacy Medcalf, which are a couple that attend our church that are African-Americans. And then also Josh and Brittany Wilkerson. Uh, Josh is African-American and Brittany is, is Caucasian. So we, I felt like we had a good representation of culture. 
uh, and we just addressed it, you know, through the, again through the lens of scripture, talked about it, called it the conversation, and I don't remember. I, I think it was a couple months, at least maybe three months, that we went yeah. uh, and did that. And I felt like that uh, weekly during that time, weekly we were getting more material mm -hmm. to work with because I mean it's it's in your face, you can't get away from it. Okay. And uh, and so every week I felt like that we were very relevant and very real time. Uh, with, with the issues that we were dealing with. And I just felt like it was good. And, and most of the co uh, people in our congregation that, that watched it, because at that time we were virtual, we weren't in-house. Uh, I, I felt like they got positive feedback from, from just about everybody. Yeah. And uh, I think too often with these kinds of issues, uh, the church has fallen silent. Mm. Instead of being on the forefront saying, this is what we need to do, this is what we should do, we just kind of back off and say, well, we hope that, you know, nothing happens here. Mm -hmm. And so I, and again, I, I would not have been surprised on a couple of those Wednesday nights if we would have went outside and people were protesting our mm -hmm. church. I, right. I would not, yeah. I kind of almost expected it because that's kind of the environment that was happening oh, yeah. at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really felt like Larry and Stacy did incredible. Josh and Brittany did awesome. My wife was was really good at putting input in and, and I was just really there to kind of moderate it, just kind of keep it going in the same direction. But it was really good and informative for our congregation as well as those that were watching it on Facebook, and I'm assuming that's probably on our YouTube channel. Yeah, it? all of those, uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash Tri-State Worship Center, there's a playlist uh, dedicated just to the conversation. So you can awesome. watch them all. Go awesome. check it out. Yeah. So quick question about that too. Why, uh, why did you decide to address that issue specifically? Uh, because, you know, I know you've been accused of being too political mm -hmm. from the pulpit. Mm -hmm. So what was your motivation there to address the racism issue specifically and bring on different voices um, and really centralize the discussion on that? Well, uh, let me give two answers to the question. One is, while while I have been accused <laughs> of being political, I really don't feel like I am. Right. Um, you know, have I said things like vote biblically, not politically? Yes. Have I stood for life and against abortion? Of course. I, I think there's biblical uh, uh, precept for that. Uh, and some people do think that, that I'm... I'm too political when I say those things. For instance, when I say uh, I stand against abortion, to me, that's not a political issue. Hmm. That's a moral issue. Hmm. Yeah. But yet there's people out there that politicize it and say, no, that's a political issue. And you're, you're being uh, polarizing by, by making your statements the way that you do. And, and I don't feel like I am at all. Hmm. Uh, I've never, I, I, I'm, I feel confident that I could sit here and say in 40 years of ministry, I've never told anybody how to vote. Right. Ever. I've never told. Have I said that I stand for life against? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Have I, have I, do I stand for uh, marriage between a man and a woman? Yes. But to me, those are not political issues. Those are moral issues. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, when we, when we get into the subject for today, I, I really feel the same way. I don't think it's a political exactly. issue. That's it's a moral issue. Mm -hmm. and, and the problem is people who want to, uh, you know, like stand against what I might say or, or, or disagree with what I might say, the way they justify it is say, you're being political. Hmm. But I'm not. I don't feel like I'm being political at, mm -hmm. at all. I'm it, just being moral. It's more of a heart thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. it's yeah. your convictions. It, 
it just blows my mind that these things are politicized the way they are when it all just boils down to love your neighbor, you know? Yes. But Tyler, (laughs) what you you just said, though, is just, I think is the problem is that it it is political. Hmm. They make people make it make political. It political. And because it has become political, it continually gets refueled and continually gets the narrative it follows whatever party or whatever person and and it shouldn't be that way. But you're right. I mean, it's become so political that well, let, let's take it down to the lowest <laughs> denominator, and that is we can't even talk to anybody anymore about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Because as soon as you say something, you're identified with a particular view. Mm-hmm. And once you're identified with that view, some people just, no, I'm not talking to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Forget it. Yep. You know, I, I want to sit here and say, I respect all people. Mm-hmm. I respect you. If you want to come have a conversation with me, I'm going to respect you. Doesn't mean I agree with you. Doesn't mean I'm going to pick up your baton and run. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want you to respect me, mm-hmm. you know, and hear and hear what I have to say. So it has become such a political thing. And and, and the conversation that we had on the Wednesday nights, it's, it's the same. The reason that we, you know, brought so many voices into the conversation was, number one, I don't think I'm uh, being political. But why not have voices that that are from culture and from the society that represent the issue at hand? And then thirdly, and, and I know I already said this once, but thirdly, I think the church has, has been silent way too long, hmm. which has led to the problems that we have. I mean, it's unfortunate, and I know it's one of the questions that will come up here in a minute, but it's unfortunate that— that that in some cases racism racism has been uh, accelerated by Christians, hmm. you yeah. know, and and, it, and I think that's because leadership and pastors and and different denominational leaders and so forth they haven't addressed it like they should. Now they have the last couple of years, but it makes me question motive even then. I mean, are you are you just addressing it because you feel the pressure? Hmm. To address it, or are we really addressing it? Because this is what God has to say about it. This is this is what the Bible has to say about it. Hmm. Yeah, so that's real good. All right. Yeah, and I know we had uh, PT and I had some conversations recently about, uh, you know, just I think uh, in a sense politicizing things allows for Christians to be able to divorce their faith from their beliefs about policy and their beliefs about the yeah, way that absolutely. the world works. Yes. Um, and there's no excuse for that. Just because you say it's political doesn't mean that you can divorce those two things. We have a um, we have a worldview that should influence everything that we do, and that is Scripture, and that is Christ. Um, and so, by using the term, you know, it's just political um, that has allowed for Christians to support. Um, you know, political policy that is completely unbiblical, but yet still claim to be Christian. When in my opinion, that's just incompatible. Yeah. On, on currently right now, as we're making this podcast on Wednesday nights, we're in a series on sexuality Mm -hmm. here at at Tri-State Worship Center. Sexuality, God's plan. I know, I know (laughs) the church talking about sex, that should never happen. But the reason that we are is because we haven't talked about it. And because we haven't talked about it, it's become something that God never intended it to be. But my point in the first two weeks is exactly what you just said. Hmm. Everything that we do should go through the lens of how does God see this? Mm-hmm. What does God believe about this? Because it's not about whether you want to politically believe in abortion. That's mm-hmm. it, that's not even the issue. The issue is how does God see that? 
And if you are going to be a believer, it's belief plus believer that determines behavior. If I believe in God, then I've got to ask myself that question about everything. Mm-hmm. How does God see this? Even in, even in sexuality, mm-hmm. how does God see this? Not how does culture see it, not how does the, the Supreme Court see it, not how does my favorite politician see it, not even how does my mom see it. How does God see it? That's the issue. And once we answer the, the issue of do I really believe that there's a God in heaven that has views about right. these things, yeah, yeah. I should be the one mirroring that mm-hmm. you know, to, to the world. Yeah. Very, very good. Very good. <gasps> so uh, getting into the, the meat of this, how do we think biblically about racism? I think biblically, we shouldn't because it shouldn't be there. <laughs> that word should not even exist. That's right. It just shouldn't be there. Yeah. It's not a part of God's plan. It's mm-hmm. never been part of God's plan for someone to decide a prejudice or a discrimination against somebody based on skin color or shape of their eyes or or even their intelligence or, or their income. I mean, we, we can be racist about a lot of things, but I don't think that that was ever, ever, ever part of God's plan. I mean, even from the very beginning, what did Samuel say when he went to pick King David? It said, God doesn't even look at the outside of a person, looks at their heart. But yet for some reason, and this is an old, old adage, and I think it, it, at least the uh, construct of this is at the root of racism, and that is if I can make you look bad, it makes me look better. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that that's kind of where it came from. So I don't think it should be biblically even thought of. So despite how you look at, at someone else, God always sees them for what's in their heart, not not what's on the outside. And then uh, that was 1 Samuel 16, 7, Exodus twenty two twenty one. do not mistreat or oppress a foreigner, for you were foreigners in Egypt. God speaking to his children, the Israelites, but we have to understand we were all we're all foreigners. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a foreigner here. Mm-hmm. You're not even, you're just passing through. This is not your home. But you don't want anybody to look at you differently, and you shouldn't look at anyone else differently. Romans ten twelve. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all, and He riches, richly blesses all who call on Him. So God loves everybody equally, and and, and so the answer to the question of how do we look at this biblically, I, I just wished we wouldn't. Because it's it's not biblical. It is not biblical, mm-hmm. and 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 that's all I got to say about that. Yep. God isn't a god of partiality. You you are right on. Yeah. So, uh, how have your opinions on racism developed throughout this year, and what were the biggest things that influenced it? Well, it really it, it has developed this year, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I grew up near East Side Indianapolis in the '60s and '70s, and um, you know it was it was a volatile time. The high school that I went to, Tech High School, go Titans! Um, <laughs> we are the ardent students of the technical. The, never mind. Um, <laughs> and I was in, I was a minority at that school. Hmm. I mean, it was it was uh, probably sixty percent African American and uh, 35% white, and then 5% others, you know, Asian, descent, or Mexican. And so I grew up around what could have been racism, but I felt like it helped me. I felt like being and realizing these are, these everybody's just somebody who God made, you hmm. know? And so, but what happened this year 
it, it feels like it took it to another level in the sense of you know the George Floyd and the Breonna Taylor and and and, and those things that happened were were atrocious things that happened. There, no one can argue with the fact that that no one should should die the way George Floyd died. But what happened in my mind was is that these different organizations then hijacked. And instead of us really focusing on, okay, well, is there an issue here that we can fix? Yeah. Is there something here that we can do? All of a sudden, it became someone else's issue. And I think, and I know some people are, are, are probably won't agree with me. Some people have a problem with this. But I think that's when a lot of Americans just decided to look the other way and say, oh, here, here we go again. again. Um, you know, I, I was, I, I'll say right here on this podcast, I am not, I am not a BLM supporter. Hmm. Never have been. Do, do I think Black Lives Matter? Of course I do, but not there's a difference. Yeah, not no. the way that organization was trying to represent that, and especially when they were against the nuclear family, which we addressed. We have addressed that. Go back yeah. to season, season one, I think. One? I somebody no. look at the website. I Hurry. think it was, it was season, season three. Two. <laughs> <laughs> it was somewhere one of, in there. One of the seasons. <laughs> it was in there. Scroll down through there and look. Yes. Um, yeah. But too many organizations. <laughs> they've just hijacked it. And while the events themselves definitely highlighted issues that I think need attention, mm -hmm. uh, the responses just made it so difficult to focus on those issues. Mm -hmm. and, and so how has my opinion on racism developed? Um, it's developed in the sense of if there are issues, let's deal with them. But it becomes so um, unfocused and diluted because it's it's moved into so many different organizations and and you know and, and during that time it was let's get rid of the police department which and again I'm not saying this to be offensive I really am not but I mean that's just ridiculous it's a ridiculous thing to think that human beings living in a fallen state thanks to great 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 grandma Adam and Eve can can police ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, as bad as it is with the police departments that we have, how, I mean, think of how much worse it would be. I mean, anarchy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's what comes Pretty to much, mind. Yeah. So I just think that, that what developed in me was that, you know, yes, there are issues that we need to deal with. And, and again, racism is not just against a certain color of skin. Mm -hmm. Racism can be against anybody. I think yeah, it has yeah. been against a lot of people. Racism can be against even Christians because of what we believe, right? It's not always just a physical characteristic. It can be something else. Mm. And I think what's developed in me and, and the events of the year, uh, what the biggest influence, uh, unfortunately, has been the media and how they've portrayed some things that, that have happened. But it has highlighted the fact that there are some things that, that we need to give attention to. To say that it's not biblical, racism is not biblical. I agree. But it's here. It, it is mm -hmm. real. Yeah. You know, it's like this. It's like COVID. I know we don't right. go back and talk about that, but it's real. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of of, of how. We, yeah, very sadly, yeah. it's a matter of how we want to to look at it, how we approach it, how we attack it. So, you know, my opinions have developed. Yes, um, greatest influence, unfortunately, media. But but I think where I landed was there are issues that need attention. And I wish we could just focus on that and not on all the peripheral organizations and people and thoughts and, and things that were going on uh, in, in this last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, a, it was a weird time for me, too, um, because at the beginning of everything, 
I hate to admit this, but I was roped in to that narrative. Um, like, you know, how everyone was on social media posting the black square on Blackout Tuesday yeah. and stuff like that, sharing certain narratives of the story and but just believing what um what the majority narrative was instead of actually doing research for myself. And I think that happened to so many Christians, especially young people, because um, it was just like you were bullied if you didn't accept the narrative. And um, it was just one of those moments where we were all shocked to see such, um, such a vagrant display of a lack of respect for human life. And then you're driven to compassion and you want to respond in the right way, but we were offered the wrong solution. That's well put. Yeah. So thank you. But um, (laughs) it was just, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. And it's one of the things that I really love about you, Allison, is that, that maybe you do uh, initially go with, you know, the the narrative that, that, that people are putting out there. But at some point, you're going to stop and you're mm-hmm. going to look at that. You're going to research that. And you're going yep. to figure out, you know, what do I really need to believe about this? And I just wish that there were more people that would just do that. Mm-hmm. Just quit, quit being informed by social media. Quit mm-hmm. being informed by even national media mm-hmm. and dig into this stuff and figure out, you know, what is real mm-hmm. and what's not. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate that about you, and, and, you, and that you. was well said on your part. Thanks. So uh, what were some unbiblical ideas? We talked, uh, we, were, we mentioned, uh, you know, offering the wrong solutions and stuff. So what were some of the unbiblical ideas and solutions that people were presenting about this racism issue um, the past year? Well, um, that's, that's, a, that's a question. That's a great question. Uh, I think anyone claiming to be a follower of Christ that's that's trying to embrace anything that's racist, I mean, that person is practicing sin as far as I'm concerned. Because, again, I don't biblical, it, unbiblical, racism is unbiblical. It's not biblical. Yeah. And so uh, what were some of those ideas? Well, uh, people were, look, were, were now doing the whole judge a book by its cover. Hmm. Right, rather than than what Samuel said, hey, God looks at the heart, not at the the outward appearance. Uh, I, I think there was some white uh, supremacy groups that gained traction, and unfortunately, gained traction through Christian beliefs, through Christian people that that would say, you know, you, you, this is right that we should do this. Uh, I think some leaders in religious organizations of color hmm. handled it wrongly. Yeah, I think some some religious leaders. Uh, and religious organizations of color used it as a springboard to advance um, some unbiblical ideas in the name of, you know, that we're trying to help this situation, we're trying to remedy this situation, but but they were not. Mm. Uh, if they were doing anything, they were, they were making it worse, mm. you know, just, and then of course, if we're not careful, it's very easy for people to sway us, and you don't have to really go back that far to see the what I think the grossest example of that was Hitler. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hitler really won the hearts of the Christian people mm-hmm. to support what he thought was it was racism, racism against Jewish people, and and I think I I, I don't I would not say and I don't believe that that anybody in the world right now went to that extreme. 
but the same practice was there. And that is, if I can somehow take an issue that's unbiblical, that's wrong, but somehow tie it to a scripture and, 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 and twist that scripture and make it sound like, well, that's something that's supported in the Bible, and then project that to my people or project that to a, a group of people that, that have been entrusted to me, I think that that person is, is man, that's, that's a dangerous place to be in, mm-hmm. a very dangerous place to be in. And so I, I think that anybody that has tried to do anything that promoted or tried to make bigger the whole racist issue, I think anybody that tried to make that big is wrong, period. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, there there's some Christian people, just like there is non-Christian people, that that just didn't handle it right. That just didn't do the right things. And what we should be doing is, is like Tyler said earlier, is we just should love people. Mm-hmm. What did Jesus say? What's the greatest commandment? Now there were ten of them, according to the guy that asked. Right? There were ten commandments. Which one's the greatest? Well, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. But then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor is not about geography, it's about opportunity. And so I have to throw my arm around the person next to me, regardless of who that is, mm-hmm. and love them. My responsibility is to love them. Uh, but, but in this last year, I, I think we've seen some people, in, even in the Christian community, that that has not been their response. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I, I, and, and I may get in trouble for this, and if I get in trouble, I'll blame Tyler. <laughs> I mean, just just because. Just because. But I had I, I had a, a a family, a couple that left the church, thinking that uh, that when they left, they they left under the assumption that I was supporting BLM. And the reason that they thought I was supporting BLM was because we were having the conversation mm. on Wednesday nights. Which, if they would listen to it they would have heard emphatically that I said I did not <laughs> yeah. uh, support BLM as an organization. Mm-hmm. And when, when they decided they were going to leave and somebody was talking to them about, and they said, well, we're leaving because we think Pastor Terry uh, supports the BLM. And, and the person asked, have you ever watched an episode of The Conversation? They said, no. Yeah. Again, it goes back to what you said. People that are just being informed by what they hear or by what they, what they see, see on their computer, it's it's that's not the way to do it. Yeah, I think I'd first go to the Bible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be our first stop. Is what does the Bible have to say about it? Yeah, and I mean that that in itself is a form of prejudice. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, not with without taking time to learn what it is. You see a visual representation of something and saying. I don't want to be a part of that, or I don't like that. That's that's a form of prejudice. It is. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah, and uh, the crazy thing about this whole past year, I think, was we got to the point where what I completely agree with what you're saying, PT, and I think you said it beautifully. But oh, there are you. <laughs> you're welcome. There are many people I I think who would assume that you are racist Mm -hmm. because of the color of your skin or because of what you just said. Sure. Because I think that you would be one of those people who would say all lives matter or you don't see color, you see people. And that is assumed as racist these days. Something that we we got past the point where um, racism was simplified meaning it's wrong. You should not judge someone based on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. Come on, Martin into, Luther. Into something completely different yeah. in um, white guilt, implicit bias, um, all of the 
all of the hot button terms mm-hmm. that we're hearing nowadays um, that would assume that all of the people sitting in this room are inherently racist because right. we have grown up in a system, systemic racism, that's another hot button word, mm. that um, inherently uh, oppresses people of color. Mm-hmm. And so we have this issue and we have a biblical principle for it that's pretty pretty simple, in my opinion. Um, and we've jumped to a completely diff- in a completely different and unbiblical direction that's really rooted in Marxism. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, you know, we did a we did a 180. We did. Yeah. It's, There's been even people so extreme on that side of things to where if I would have said, oh, I'm not racist. I have black right. friends. Right. They're going to say, that's, that's racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm, I don't get that because of the fact of the matter is I do have black friends. I grew up playing sports with plenty of black people. I keep up with them on social media when I catch them out. I mean, it's just it's a brotherhood in itself, you know. And yeah. I, I think I, I think what what Allison said a while ago when we can just see people for just for the the, the content of their character, mm-hmm. and not not even be phased by yeah. color of skin. And the and the problem is is that it, it's almost assumed, right? It's it's assumed nowadays that because I am hmm. Caucasian, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I that I it's am. It's the part assumption of, of yeah. guilt yeah, instead absolutely. of innocence. <laughs> I, I was uh, I was on vacation. I'm not even going to tell you where I was at on vacation. This was uh, last July. The uh, requirements were starting to lift a little bit, but the COVID was still like there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had stopped at a, a restaurant. It was a famous, well-known restaurant, but we was uh, and they were having in in-house dining, mm-hmm. but they were also doing carryout. We got done eating. I'm sitting in a chair. A rocking chair, mm. <laughs> number one, um, and and, <laughs> and and I am I'm the kind of guy that when you come walking towards me, I'm going to nod my head like yeah. acknowledge, yeah. hey, how you That's doing? That's that Appalachian, right? yeah, yeah, that just, Southern hey. hospitality. So I'm doing yeah. that. People are walking in to get their food and the walking closed out. mouth smile. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm doing that to people, and they're doing they're doing it back, except mm-hmm. for this one lady. Mm-hmm. This one lady, as she's coming, she was watching me doing that. There, you know. And when I looked at her, she just shook her head no, like like mm-hmm. that. Now, I know you can't see us do that. She just <laughs> shook her head no because there was an assumption on her part that I was not this genuine person sitting there just acknowledging people while they're walking in. She just assumed that I was not that person. I was a person that she had already kind of mm-hmm. prejudged me in yeah. her mind. She never said a word. That, I mean, I was in... I was three states away. Yeah. I mean, there's no way she knew who I was. Right, yeah. But she assumed something. And, and assuming is the lowest level of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think if you want to get to know somebody, let's let's talk. Let's mm-hmm. dialogue. Yeah. But, but Have a conversation. Conversation. <laughs> but nobody, we can't do that. No. You cannot have no. conversations with yeah. people anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's it's sad. And here, here's the question I'll throw out to you, Allison. Just, I know you get to ask all the questions. Now I'm going to ask a question. Hi, I'm Pastor Terry. With me today is Allison Gardner. Allison, let me ask you a question. Where does it come from? Where does racism come? Where does it come from? The heart. Okay. But is let me ask it this way. Is a baby born racist? No. Okay. Where does it come from? I think it's from, well, really, we're all influenced by the reality of sin. Right, we have okay. a sin nature. Yes. We are sons and daughters of Adam. Mm-hmm. So um, I think racism is inherently born out of a sinful heart. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that everyone is racist, but those people who are racist have sin in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And the 
matter of racism is really something that is taught. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're getting at. Mm -hmm. You, Mm -hmm. you, you hear it and that's what you believe and, and that's what you practice. But I think for me, um, seeing all this, it was, it was, uh, the solutions that, uh, black lives matter and, um, all the proponents of critical race theory are putting out there is the fact that it's not a hard issue that can be changed by Christ. It's a system issue that we are all subject to. And there's no way that you can get out of it. You, you can't, you can't repent. You can't right. get forgiveness. Right. You're just stuck in it. You're stuck there. You're going to have to throw money at it. Yeah, exactly. Give them the money right. for their throw books. Throw the money at it. Yeah. yeah. Repent, and, like repent of your white guilt, but it's still there. Yeah. I mean, it's not going away. Here, here, here's the thing. I believe I want to put flesh and blood on this sinful nature that you're talking about, and I want to say that it's it's parents. Mm-hmm. I think an infant that's born does not know color. Mm-hmm. An infant that's born has no idea about race, yeah. right? That's taught. And and go to the conversation. I don't remember what week it was, but I think her name was uh, Mrs. Brown, and yeah. she was a teacher yeah. in, in Iowa or Idaho or somewhere out there in a yeah. cornfield, and and she did an she did an experiment in her classroom. I I oh, encourage yeah, yeah. you yeah. go yeah, look really at that good. the blue eyes and the brown eyes, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that's how I think that's that. Now, do we have predisposition to receive that? Yes, mm-hmm. because of this fallen nature, yeah. because of of this sinful nature. But I think it's it's fueled and informed not just by society, not just by culture. There's plenty of that out there. But I I wanted to make sure that my children were not that way. Yeah. And I think that parents have more influence than they can ever imagine that they have when it comes to this issue. And let me say to the parents who are, are saying to themselves, well, PT, he's wrong on this. I'm just going to let little Johnny figure it out for himself. How's that working for you? Mm-hmm. I mean, how is that working for you? Because little Johnny ain't going to figure it out for himself. <laughs> little Johnny's going to get informed by somebody. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, if your son's name is Johnny, <laughs> I was not speaking to you specifically. <laughs> and we, we can't be so naive to think that just because we're not necessarily teaching racism, that it's still not being learned. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because Absolutely. our kids watch us. They watch our every moves, mm-hmm. and they take their cues from us. And eventually when they get in school— that are friends too. Yep. And so we, you know, you got to be mindful of of that, and yep. just know yep. that if even if you're not teaching, they're still learning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and like I said, there's, I mean, it, it really is not a skin issue. It's a mm-hmm. it's a sin issue. Mm-hmm. And I think if we, as parents, as as leaders in the church, as leaders in society, mm-hmm. if we're not working towards erasing that, we're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. We're part of the problem. But I think there is, and again, T-W-A-G-N-E-R-977 <laughs> at gmail.com, because I'm getting ready to say something. I'm going to blow somebody up right now. <laughs> I, I think that there is a grievance industry hmm. that is alive and well, that if racism ended tomorrow, there'd be a lot of people out of a job. Ooh. Yeah, okay. and a lot of people out of a mansion. Right, founder of Black Lives Matter, <clears throat> <clears throat> Allison Gardner. What's your email address? He's <laughs> <laughs> you telling them Allison.com, but <laughs> that's not me. Um, I, I think there is a grievance industry out there, and, and they keep the issue alive. Yeah, they keep the issue For alive sure. because they For have sure. to have that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, I want to say this, and with love and compassion. But I have never owned slaves. Mm-hmm. My dad never owned slaves. My grandparents 
never owned as slaves. My great-grandparents did not own slaves, and that's as far back as I could research on Ancestry.com or whatever it was. So I don't know beyond that. Without paying another nineteen right. ninety. Yeah, yeah. I just did the free one. Um, but And so the grievance industry has to continue to make me guilty hmm. just because of the color of my skin, which is racism. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if they don't do that, then then there are some high profile people, and and I'm not going to say their names. If, you know, if anybody else said them, that's fine. But I'm not going because <laughs> Allison, she ain't afraid of nothing. <laughs> She'd jump right out there. Uh, but those people wouldn't have a job. They wouldn't no. know what to do tomorrow yeah. if there was not a racism issue in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Plain and simple. Yep. It's an industry. It is. It's, it's grievance yeah. industry. <laughs> it's it's. It's crazy. I mean, you, you, we have this problem, and you got to find somebody to blame, uh, as long as it's not you. Um, because, you know, if you are—and people are—it's like a religion in itself. Yeah. You know, there's its own salvation. Mm-hmm. It has its own eschatology or study of the end times, what's going to happen when the world ends. It has its own um, version of a savior. Yeah. Um, it's just—and it's replacing— the gospel, because we no longer think that the gospel is enough to change the hearts of people. Right. It has to be a some sort of um, radical shift in the structure of our society uh, for people to be able to not be racist. Which is going to take an amplification of what we already have. Right. For that to happen, it takes an amplification, maybe from the other side of the argument, but it's still the argument. It doesn't do anything with the argument. It just reinforces one side of it. So, and I want to go on the record as saying that there have been atrocious things that have happened to different uh, people types throughout throughout history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no yeah. question about that. I'm, we're not deniers. We're not trying to be uh, revisionists when it comes to history. We, I understand the history. I, I know Jamestown. I, I've been there. Uh, matter of fact, I impressed the boat guy when I told him it was 1607, <laughs> if you'll remember that. Um, so I could remember some things. I just can't remember everything. Um, but but I, I'm not I'm not saying that there aren't issues. I, I'm not saying that the civil rights mm-hmm. movement yeah. was le- that was legitimate mm-hmm. movement. Um, but but the problem is is today's statistics don't really support that that the civil rights movement has has really helped at all. It's it's important movement, but we have more single mothers now than we did in 1960. Hmm. You know, more more people that that are struggling now. And I don't want that. I don't want people to struggle. Yeah. But nor do I want people to try to find an excuse for that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, well, it's because uh, you know, I as a as a person have been held down and I and I can't move forward. There, there are things, there are issues that need to be worked on. I'm not denying any of that. Some of the, even, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, the George Floyd thing was atrocious. No one should die that way. I agree. But then when that issue got hijacked by everybody, there, there were just a lot of people that said, here we go again. Yeah. Hmm. And, and that's unfortunate because maybe some good could have come out of that. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I don't, I don't know anything that, that's good. I don't know anything that's good since you brought it up a minute ago. I don't know anything that's good that, that BLM has done. Have, has there been any schools built with the money that's been raised? Has there been any programs instituted? But there are some people living a little better mm-hmm. than, than what they used to. Yeah. I'll leave that up to you, Allison. I don't say anything <laughs> about that. 
Yeah, yeah. Addison.com. Or, I mean, the fact that a disproportionate amount of black babies are murdered within the womb um, every year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is a genocide. Do all black lives matter? Do, yeah, yeah, do they? Do, yeah. Do, do they really? In, in the womb, too? Because yeah. uh, it seems like, it doesn't seem like we know that Planned Parenthood is targeting um, black communities. Yeah. They are. Uh, it's it's atrocious. Yep. So um, what kind of effort should the church be making in response to racial tension? Uh, I, I like a, another little video clip that we use during the conversation, tfcbc.org, uh, or go to YouTube channel, whatever Tyler said there a minute ago. Uh, it was Mike Wallace and Morgan Freeman, and mm-hmm. it was on 60 Minutes. And uh, Mike Wallace asked Morgan Freeman, what do we do about this thing, this racism thing? And, and Morgan Freeman's response was, we quit talking about it. You quit calling me a black man. I'll quit calling you a white man. And that now I know some people say that's way too simple. It's never going to be that simple. Why not? Why not? Why can't it be that simple? Why does it have to be something that's difficult? You know, there's, there's just too many people that, that want to keep it alive for for a, a sundry different reasons, mm-hmm. a, a plethora <laughs> of reasons, they just they need to keep it alive. Mm-hmm. But what needs to happen is is that we need to realize, yes, it was awful. Yes, there there were some things that happened in our history that are not not just in U.S. or or American history, but in world history, global history. Um, but but I, I think that we need to understand that. As much as it depends on me, the Bible says, as much as it depends on me, I should live peaceably with all men. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just not for, and, and again, I hope that you guys can understand the context that I'm saying this. That's not just for a white evangelical preacher. Mm-hmm. As much as it, it doesn't say as much as it depends on a certain race of mm-hmm. people live peaceably amongst yeah. all men. It says as much as it depends on you, you who believe in God, you who yeah. believe in Jesus being the only son of God who gave his life that we might have life after this one. Yeah. You have to live peaceably with all men. Now, if I really believe that, my behavior should reflect that. Mm-hmm. Period. There, there's, there's real in my, in my conviction and my, my belief. I, I don't see another way around that at, at all. Mm-hmm. And so, what should the church be doing to, to help that tension? We should be trying to live peaceably with all men. We should love our neighbors as ourselves, and we should ask ourselves that question: How does God see this? Mm-hmm. How does God see this? What yeah. does God want me to see in this? And, and you know to. to Take it a step further, and I did print it out, and I was going to read it, but I don't think we'll have time for it. I brought up the time thing. Um, the Church of God released a resolution, the denomination that, that we're particularly connected to, on racism and, and ethnic disparity. And, you know, basically the church needs to be a louder voice. I'm, I'm not going to read it all to you. You can go to uh, Church of God. Dot org and and you can read it there. There's a resolution there about racism and disparity. But you know we basically commit to doing the, what we can do to see it go away. It, it should not be. There's there's nothing godly about racism. Nothing. And so if we if we're believers in God, then we should reflect that in, in how we live and how we treat people. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think uh, this whole conversation really boils down to. The question, is the Bible enough to address the issue of racism? Okay, let me hear my whole answer. Okay. 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 Is the Bible enough? No. No. 
And the reason I say that is if nobody's practicing what the Bible says, then that's not enough. Are the instructions of the Bible enough? Yes. But it takes people deciding to act on what the Bible says. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two, all of the law hangs. Everything else hangs on that. Well, if, if we don't love God and we don't love our neighbor, we're not practicing what the Bible says, and then the Bible, unfortunately, loses its its traction. It loses its, its uh, impact because we don't— just putting a Bible out on the sidewalk and saying this is what it says, that's not going— it's not going to really help. But what we need are people to say, this is what the Bible says, and this is how I'm going to live my life, and this is how I'm going to uh, make my decisions, and this is how I'm going to treat people based on what the Bible says. It, it takes people taking the principles and the teachings of the Word of God and putting them into practice. It takes leaders in the church, pastors in the church, teachers in the church to begin emphasizing the sin of racism, and and it's a sin because the Bible calls it out, not because I call it out. It's a sin because the Bible says that, and it and it takes parents to quit teaching their babies how to be racist. I think I think that all of those things are important, and and obviously me saying no is a play on words because the Bible is the ultimate authority in everything. It has the power, but only if we take it and do something with it. Um, At the it, end know, of the day, we're, we still have a free will. And whether there's a Bible, even if there's a Bible laying there, it takes me opening it up and reading. Absolutely. You know, it's, the old, it's, a, it's a very old joke, but maybe a good one to end on. I don't know. <laughs> the preacher that goes to the house and mom's there with the kids and the preacher's uh, visiting and telling them, you know, he's missed them at church or whatever. And, um, and the mom says to the pastor as he gets ready to leave, would you care to read a Bible scripture to us? He said, sure. And the mom turns to one of the kids and says, go get us the big book that we always read from. And the kid comes back in with the Sears and Roebuck catalog, <laughs> you know, because unfortunately they obviously weren't. So, I, I listen, it's there. The answer to your question is the, the power is available there. But I think just like someone who thumbs their nose at Christ after what he did for us, that the power of his sacrifice is not going to be any good to them. And I think in, and when it comes to racism, when it comes to adultery, lying, stealing, killing, I mean, it's all there, what we're, how we're supposed to live. But if we, don't, if we don't take that in and act on it, then we, I think we take, the, we take the teeth out of it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank I appreciate you, you all. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I not only interrupted your introduction, I interrupted your ending. Yep. <laughs> never fails. It never fails. <laughs> Anyways, uh, hopefully you guys will join us next week as we discuss another super fluffy topic. Mm. You know, it's so much fun. Yes. You know, everyone just loves us, right? <laughs> this just, might be our last season. It's just great. <laughs> if we get shadow banned or something, I mean, right. I Cancel. wouldn't be surprised. Cancel. Yeah. Cancel culture. We have an episode on that too. We do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just join us next week. Email your questions to uh, twagner977 at gmail.com, and we will put them in our lightning round episode at the end of the season, and uh, we'll see you all next week. See ya.